0: Folks, we are back with another episode of After Dark with Robin and Andrew on the America Out Loud platform, and tonight my special guest host is Heather Robinson of the New York Post. Andrew could not join us tonight, so we are stuck with Heather, and Heather is always is going to bring it to us as she sees it. So, Heather, as you know, I've been on vacation. I was vacation with family in Houston. A lot of our listeners know it also because Andrew and I we spent some time talking about it the past couple of shows and when i went on vacation as i was talking to andrew it seemed as if though the bottom just like burst with so many things that were happening and even today you know coming off of our labor day weekend things that are transpiring and i was watching the news and i heard biden made a comment that he has done more to build america than any other president and he was trying to take jabs at Donald Trump, saying that guy, he hasn't done anything. And I, I was amused by it because it seems as if though no matter whatever this guy says, the media plays into it. And they try to build him up as if though what he's saying is truthful, and it couldn't be any further from the truth. This guy has spent a majority of his time in office lying about his record. Lying about his son, lying about the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Lying about what he was doing for East Palestine, Ohio. Lying about Hawaii. Lying about Ukraine. Saying that we weren't going to send troops there. We're sending troops there. We're not going to have active troops there. We know that our troops are training them. We're not going to send any more money. He is sending money. Lying about the student loan debt crises. Lying about our supply, uh, supply chain problem. Just a a, a book of lies mm-hmm. and then you have his press secretary jean Karine Pierre who supports these lies and she continues to lie and the media says nothing about it you look at the Justice Department how they become weaponized he claims that he knows nothing about what they're doing with Trump and we all know I don't care how you feel about Trump I don't care if you think Trump did something wrong what the Justice Department is doing is equally wrong With them trying to rush these trials, uh, these cases to trial, knowing that a speedy trial isn't for the courts, it's for the defendant. And it's for the defendant so the defendant can stop bleeding and paying legal fees. But if the defendant says, hey, I can't do it now because we need more time, okay, then they're given more time so that their attorneys can look at all the information that the government has. But our media is telling us, oh, no, that's not the way it's supposed to be. And people are believing it. We just went through an entire Russia collusion lie, and it was exposed and found out to be a lie. But Heather, would you believe that a majority of Americans still think that there was Russia collusion, that a majority of Americans still have not read or heard John Jordan's report to say that it was a manufactured lie by Hillary Clinton and that John Brennan went in and debriefed Barack Obama and uh, his vice president, Joe Biden, as to what Hillary was doing? People are still unaware of that. They're still thinking, oh, if they just had... Had more time, they would have found Russia collusion. And you know, Joe Biden, he doesn't care. He's just going right along with them. Has our society become so clueless that we're accepting these lies?
1: I think there's a very hungry audience for these this spin and these lies. I was just watching CNN a little bit. You know, I do make myself do that sometimes to get a sense of what's out there and these commentators were on there saying things like it's it's unthinkable but we have to confront that donald trump this was in response to the recent poll numbers that about 60 percent of republicans support trump and that the other candidates haven't made much headway we have to face the the unthinkable reality that this is not an aberration this is a re- revealing the, the republican party and who they are and and this is a, a threat to our democracy and our constitution all this same overheated rhetoric rob that these people have been spouting since 2016 now that donald trump is not normal his followers are racist he's racist He's an aberration. This is going to destroy our country, our democracy. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you don't have to like Donald Trump. You don't have to support him. But at what point do you look around and say, where are all these white supremacists? Where is all this, God forbid, racial violence? Where is the bottom falling out of our stability and uh, complete cataclysm? I mean, If you've been hearing this since 2016, that he's an aberration, a freak, a bigot, that his followers are are rabid racists, and, I mean, even somebody who can't stand him and thinks that he's obnoxious and whatever, and he's sexist, okay. But, I mean, at what point do you say, are we maybe scaring ourselves a little bit? I mean, is this a little bit of an exaggeration, maybe? I mean, it... It's like there's no self-awareness. There's no awareness that I'm not saying there's nobody out there who supports Donald Trump, who's a white supremacist, but the vast majority of you're talking about half the country. You're talking about 60 million people who voted for him. Obviously, if we were all such virulent racists trying to take over the country, I mean, there would have been a lot more. God forbid, racial and other kinds of violence and instability. And the reality is most of the instability and violence we've seen these past years has come from the left, with the exception of January 6th, which I acknowledge was a terrible day. But I mean, everybody acknowledges that. I have yet to meet one Trump supporter who said that was fine. I mean, unlike the riots that went on for six months, driven by the hard left, which our vice president sat there and said they should continue several months in, we had not only tacit approval but encouragement from the left for left-wing extremism that really did do, by any (laughs) objective standard, much more damage, went on for much, 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 much longer in many, many more locations than anything Trump supporters have done. And yet, they're still selling this this narrative, this lie. At, at best, a, a wild, gross exaggeration that that Trump supporters are threats to to minorities and to gays and to women. That Trump is some kind of a you know something approaching a Hitler. I mean, don't they realize? I mean, this is they've been saying this for seven what eight years is it seven years since 2016? I mean. How do they keep selling this to people? I mean, even if you don't, you don't have to like him, you don't have to vote for him, you don't have to think he was a good president. But I mean, how foolish. I mean, it's like they live in this world of liberal media and it has no, there's no checks and balances on their reality. I mean, I know we have our our perspective, Rob, and we've talked about this. We consume more conservative media. But I mean, I do, as I said, every so often I do watch CNN. I do read the New York Times. I try to get a sense of what else is out there because I want to have some concept of the world and the vastness of truth and the way other people think. But I really think most liberals, many liberals in this country, they do not. They just do not want to be challenged. And they're very manipulated. So in answer to your question, it doesn't surprise me they still believe Russia collusion because they believe that the white supremacists are coming for them soon and that we have to be scared of people who support Donald Trump also. But I mean, that includes you and I and, you know, dozens of people we know i mean do you know anybody i'm not saying there's nobody i'm not saying there's no i'm not saying every trump supporter is great okay i'm sure there are some loons as there are many on the left but i mean how many trump supporters do you know who are sitting around hating on you know other people and plotting to hurt people i mean am i crazy i mean who what are they scared of
0: what you're not crazy You're, you're not crazy it's all manufactured drama there are no Trump supporters who are sitting around thinking about the demise of Democrats. What we are thinking about is saving the country and making the country great again. And I like when you were saying, where are the white supremacists? Point them out, because I, too, want them locked up. Where are all these white supremacists that are embedded in the Republican Party? Let's find them and lock them up. Now the left would say, There's "Oh well, it's Donald Trump.
1: Violent, let's lock them up, right?" I right.
0: mean, I mean but but there aren't there aren't there aren't any. No, they would say, "Oh well, Donald Trump." No, this was long before Donald Trump. They have always used this tactic. The I mean, left there and the are
1: media. there are some. Listen, I don't want to sound dismissive of people's fears, and I I'm Jewish myself, as you know. I I don't I don't dismiss that there are some extremist people on various ends of the political spectrum in this country.
0: But Heather, they're they're, they're there, but to the point that they're waiting, lying in wait. And that they're Trump supporters. That's the
1: part that I dispute. I mean, I don't think, look, here in Pittsburgh where I sit, we had a horrible massacre of of 11 people. They were vulnerable, innocent people in a synagogue, mostly elderly and disabled people, cut down by a, a sadistic maniac asshole guy excuse my language who went and shot up this synagogue and killed these little these sweet people who were the types of people who you know when you have people who go to church on Sunday the people who keep the fires going in the church they were regular attendees humble people good people they were killed by a guy who happened to be a white man, a, a truck driver from around here. He was an extremist, a nativist. He was inculcated with a obsessive hatred for immigrants. He was like a paranoid person. Anyway, after that happened, as you recall, and I think the of it was uh, twenty eighteen. Um, the the immediate conclusion that the whole much of the media jumped to was that he was a Trump supporter, right? You know, we heard we had demonstrations, you know, I'm rather embarrassed to say outside the synagogue, you know, and my community, my Jewish community, many people here uh, came to demonstrate against when the president and his his daughter and son-in-law came to pay their respects. They were whipped up. They were enraged. Who were they enraged at? Trump turned out this this maniac who was just sentenced to death here, actually, in a federal hate crimes trial. He was not a Trump supporter. He hated Trump. He was ranting against Trump, that Trump is in bed with the Jews. The point is, he was crazy, but there was very quick, quick, it was very, uh, it, it sort of spread like wildfire quickly, this idea that he had been a Trump supporter, which wasn't true. You know, we saw it with the Jussie Smollett hoax, where Jussie Smollett said he had been accosted by people in the middle of the night with a noose who wore Trump hats. It turned out that he had hired some guys to do this. Look, I'm not saying nobody anywhere who wears a Trump hat is God is hurting somebody. I mean, I can't vouch for 60 million people, but I'm saying that we've seen again and again, this quickness to ascribe evil and hate and bigotry and violence to Trump supporters. But, The only instance of any violence of the course of seven years has been January 6th, which I would not deny was a terribly bad day. It was a mob scene and it was chaotic. However, the people who were killed were generally, I believe, other conservatives who happened to be there and were hurt in the melee. One woman was shot by a police officer and what has never been questioned. Well, I guess the conservatives question it Ashley Babbitt, but it certainly didn't seem like brilliant police work. Let's just leave it to that. But I mean the point is this this fear of the Trump supporter, this whipping up of anxiety and dread of us. I mean at what point after 7 years, you know, do people do let liberals start to question whether this is true, whether this is at the very least an exaggeration? I mean, who, you know, but it's a very easy thing to sell people for some reason. I think it relates to prejudice. I think that that impulse in human beings to other, the others, and now I sound like a liberal, okay. But I mean, they're not wrong that prejudice is unfortunately a tendency toward that is a, is a, an unfortunate part of human nature. And I think that whether it's skin color Sexual orientation know, the things they focus on, or it's diversity of thought, different politics. I mean, that's become the acceptable prejudice for that.
0: It has, but let me say this, Heather. Everything that you're saying, I agree with. But the problem lies is that Republicans refuse to address and push back hard on this narrative of racism, white supremacists, and systemic racism. We can all agree that it exists. The same way we can agree that there are black people, there are white people, there are brown people, there are red people. We can all agree. Those are mutual facts. Okay. We can agree that we can agree that there is love and there is hate. But the level that the left likes to portray of the existence of white supremacist and racism is not true however if it is to be true i would say we would have to point to the democrat party but i'm not going to throw them all under the bus and the reason i say that is when you look at our institutions a majority of our institutions are controlled by liberals why is that because conservatives decided that we don't want any part of it so we're just going to step aside so you look at our music industry you look at our movie industry You look at the corporations, you look at our school systems, you have a majority of liberals that are at the top that are running these things. So when they say, oh, well, they didn't want black people to be a part of this, well, who was at the top? Liberals. They were setting the standards. And these are the things that Republicans have to be savvy about and have to point out. Why won't they do it? Why are they afraid of it? It goes back to when I was making the point about Hunter Biden. We're coming up on a break, but I just want to say this before we go to break, and I want to pick it back up on the other side of the break, because Andrew and I, we spoke about it last night, and that's this whole idea, this concept of white privilege, which has been given to Hunter Biden because he was born a white man (laughs) with the name name Biden Mm -hmm. and a D behind his name. And I say that because of the sweetheart deal that he got, almost got, from our Department of Justice. And you know what? You know who didn't get a sweetheart deal and who saw the inside of a jail cell? And I want this this to resonate with black people. Jesse Jackson Jr., Jesse Jackson's son, was thrown in jail for a year. No one has (laughs) mentioned it. No one wants to talk about it. But every chance I get, I am going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Since the left wants to talk about systemic racism and this boogeyman that's out there that's going to get black people, I'm going to keep reminding them of Jesse Jackson Jr., who was put in jail for a year for campaign finance mishandling. Really? Okay. Yes, a year. He and his wife. Jeez. And he wasn't given leniency and he wasn't pardoned. Now, I'm going to talk about this further on the other side of the break. You're tuned in to After Dark with Rob Andrew on the America Outlaw platform and my special guest host tonight, Heather Robinson.
2: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of big pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code Outloud for 25% off your first month of one wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells, and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OutLoud.
0: We're back for the second half of After Dark with Robin Andrew. And when we went to break, Heather and I were talking about the less control on the narrative of all things racism and the white supremacists and who's gonna get you. And we acknowledged that there is racism that exists. They're a white supremacist. There are people within the Republican Party that don't like black people, Jewish people. Heck, they don't even like themselves. They don't like anybody. But the way the left, the media, portrays it, it's as if though half of the country are full of they're a bunch of bigots and they're just sitting around waiting to attack these groups. Mm-hmm. And I submitted to you all that. One of the biggest racists, if we want to say it's racist, is the Democrat Party, because they control a lot of our institutions. I then broke it down to pointing out Hunter Biden and his white privilege, because he is a white man with the last name Biden and a D behind his name. Hunter Biden, who is a convicted felon. Hunter Biden, who is not a good person. Hunter Biden, who was a crackhead. Hunter Biden, who was a drug addict has never saw the inside of a jail. But Jesse Jackson Jr., who was a former representative representing parts of Chicago, Illinois, whose dad is an icon, a civil rights icon, Jesse Jackson. Jesse Jackson Jr. spent 12 months in a federal prison. And I think recently, back in November of this year, there was a petition to the White House to pardon him. He hasn't been pardoned yet because when Barack Obama was in office, and this is when Jesse Jackson Jr. was put in jail, you would have thought that he would have had some type of like, well, I'm going to uh, pardon him or commute his sentence, but he didn't. Why didn't Barack Obama pardon him? You see, these are the discussions that we need to have. If we're gonna discuss and if we're gonna say that, that Trump is a racist and that Trump has done nothing to help black people, Trump who did the Second Chance Act who got more black people out of jail than Barack Obama. Remember Alice Johnson, who was left in jail to rotten? She had petitioned Barack Obama on several occasions, and Barack Obama never saw fit to get her out. But this is the icon, Barack Obama, that all the black people think, oh, he's great, he was a, a great person. Okay, he was the first black president, you- do? But what did he do for the black community? Now well, let's move back to Joe Biden, Mr. Senile. Mr. Who should not be in office, let's just be honest, who has stumbled and mumbled his way for the past three years in this position. And the media has told us, oh, he's okay. He's fine. I remember Mika Brzezinski coming out and attacking or chastising his staff, saying that you guys need to better protect the president. You know that he can't climb up those high stairs when he's going to Air Force One. You know that the floors are slippery. You should look at his shoes and change his shoes. That's not their responsibility, Mika. That's his wife's responsibility. But she wants to chastise the people around him as if though we've got to look out for him. Now, when Trump was in office, and if you recall, when he was walking down the stairs during some graduation, I think it was at uh, what was the name of the school, uh, the military school. And they were saying, oh, look at how he's walking. There's a nervous problem there. It was West Point, I think. There's a nervous problem. He's afraid he might fall. And then they would say, oh, he's walking around in the White House and he's going crazy. He's deranged. It was okay for them to say that, they being the media and the Democrats. But when it comes to Joe, oh, let's give him a pass. Look at all the aliases that we're finding out that this man used. And then when Trump, a reporter said that Trump called in when he was not the president, called in to a reporter just to talk up his, I think his portfolio, his real estate portfolio, they wanted to make fun of it. But he did that as a private citizen. Joe Biden did it as an elected person, an elected official, as vice president, using all these aliases so that they could not connect the dots to he and Hunter, a Hunter business partners. Hunter Biden, who has white privilege, Hunter Biden, who is a convicted felon who should have never had a gun, but he did. Hunter Biden, who's banging his debt brother's wife, had an affair with her, and then wanted the and wanted his family to come out and bless the union, only to find out later on that he's going to dump her and run into the arms of a prostitute and share all these stories with the prostitute as to how his dad treats him and how he's trying to be a good man. Well, so this is all on the Hunter Biden laptop that the media, the same media, that's telling us about all the scary boogeyman that's out there that's going to get you. They said it was Russia disinformation. And then they got 51 intelligent agencies to sign a letter, thanks to Secretary of State Tony Blinken, to back it up. And where's Tony Blinken, by the way, our Secretary of State, our illustrious Secretary of State? What does he have to say about Kim Jong-un, who's going to apparently meet with? Vladimir Putin to discuss war games. Where is Tony Blinken? Where is Tony right. Blinken when we see Russia, Brazil, Iran, and China coming together to form BRICS? And, and, and Africa, where where are they? Why are they making the American people aware of this? Why is this being done on the down low? And meanwhile, we're trying to fight as to whether a man, she can be a woman, or a woman, a man, and if men should participate in female sports. Well, I thought we had our feminist movement to take care of that. Oh, well, they've taken a back seat. They're quiet now. Crazy. All this is being done because they want to stop Trump. They want to keep the attention on him. That He did something wrong. He did something really bad. And just going back to what you're saying about Jan 6, okay, didn't look good, but look at what happened during the summer, spring summer of 2020, when COVID, the lockdowns, and then we have people on the outside burning down federal buildings, state buildings, killing people, stopping traffic. Yeah. And no one was we're not supposed to say anything about that. We're just right. supposed to just look right over and say, oh, it's that thing. It was for the better good.
1: And where do you think maybe the January 6th protesters got some ideas? I mean, Heather, I, will, I will say this. Him. I'm not. Yeah, excusing I will, I,
0: him, I'm not. But neither he, am I, but I will not, say this, Heather. Yeah. Peep, there, this is a tinderbox about to explode. People don't like when you say it because when you say it, they'll say, "Oh, you're saying there's going to be violence." No, I'm not saying it. I'm just speaking a fact.
1: You're not saying you want it. You're not. You're
0: no, saying not at all. I'm just speaking terrible, a fact. This is, terrible, is just a reality.
1: Yes, they're pushing things that are very incendiary and very. They have no self-awareness. They, you know, the left in this country can't see itself. They don't look in the mirror. They don't see like what you're saying that. You know, the, the truth of the matter is this country, the conservatives and the moderates of this country, the majority of this country put up with a lot for years in terms of these lockdowns and then the, the protests slash riots. You know, we were told that not just conservatives, but many people, anyone who didn't join these, these radical movements was told, you know, you need to be locked down, no school for your kids no work, no church, no sports, no parties. You know, this is a, an emergency lockdown situation. If you gather for church, for a funeral, for the beach, you're selfish. You're killing grandma. You need to obey for month after month after month after month. And then, you know, the, the, cult, the country is told, you know, there's an injustice that has occurred. Okay. Okay there was true people are angry okay they need to gather to protest understandable but not just for a day or a week for week after week after week after month after month after month and and you know everything we've been telling everybody else that they are selfish and law breaking and wicked for doing congregating we now need to bless and we have to make space for this to continue in the words of our Vice President Kamala Harris. So not only do you all have to be locked down and do your priorities need to be subordinated, but now you need to make space for BLM and Antifa thugs to protest, smash buildings, beat people up on the street, uh, attack cops, topple monuments, And if you dare raise any objection, you are a racist, evil pig. And this is what people, this is what not just the conservatives, but the moderates of this country, the majority of the country, I mean, I don't know what portion of the country, what would you say, Rob, who didn't actively join in this, but who followed the rules of the lockdowns, I don't know, maybe that's 90 some percent of the country had to put up with this for months and months and months and months and months and not even express any critique of it or question whether this was fair. No inconvenience was too great, you know, for anybody else, you know, but these, these protests of the left had to continue. Okay. So it's in the class to the left. My point is just not to rehash it, but to say that the left has no self-awareness of what that did to the psyches of the vast majority of people in this country, you know, anyone, forget just conservative, anyone who was an ordinary working person. If the bridge was blocked, too bad. You can't get to work too bad. The hospital entrance is blocked. You can't say anything, you know. You, I mean, that was visited on this country for, for so many months And people saw ah, the blatant double standard that that the laws applied to everybody, the regulations, whatever. They varied state to state. But the one constant was if you were a left wing protester, there was an exception for you, but not for anybody else. You know, not for anybody else. And I, I mean, this was true of every person, you know, black, white you know, poor, rich, who just did not join these protests, we all had to understand and make space. And, you know, if we were stressed, inconvenienced, we felt it was unfair, we had to just eat it. Okay. So my point is, the left has no self awareness of what that did, what that you know, what kind of frustration level and how people, I think some people who have very high ethics, you know, continue to, you know, follow the rules and, tried to be um, very understanding. But I think there were some people, let's face it, not everybody on our side, Rob, is has great self-control, either people or people, right? And, you know, I think some people were incensed and, 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 and they lost respect for the law because they saw the law was being unevenly applied. And I think that that was part of what happened January 6th. This is just my opinion. I don't think it was only about the election. I think it was about a sense of, unfairness that they believed the election had been stolen, okay? But I think it was the buildup of many months of frustration uh, and of an erosion of respect for the law.
0: Because and the same saw... buildup is happening now, Heather, the same buildup. Yes, yes we all
1: leaders prosecuted for things that their leaders did with impunity and that there was no prosecution for. We're seeing what happened to us, ordinary citizens, the double standard that was visited on us, we're seeing now in terms of the way Trump is being treated. So it's not that he's some kind of cult figure and we're all a bunch of brainwashed people. And, you know, we all, most of us realize no matter what they do, it doesn't justify law breaking or revolution. We're not going to do, but it is galling. It is obnoxious and unfair. They're the ones who are threatening our democracy, our republic, our Democratic Republic, they are making a mockery of you know equality under the law. It's very obvious that the Hillary Clinton, there was tons of corruption. Everybody knows, you know, she smashed the servers, destroyed her emails, took classified documents. You know, the same, you know, apparently, you know, Biden had classified documents, Hunter's a you know, wild drug addict, you know, law-breaking mess. But none of this is there's any consequences, and yet they will continue to prosecute and persecute not only Donald Trump, but anyone associated with him who, who supported his legal right to file lawsuits, who questioned the election, Rudy Giuliani. You know, any, anybody, I, I know there's a long list of people, but anyone who in a professional capacity acted as a lawyer, as an advisor, is now being persecuted for so-called crimes that i don't even know what nobody can identify what the crime is that he believed he won okay which is that's a whole other subject the illogic of their case he's they're saying he didn't believe that he believed their case rests on the idea that he knew he lost okay but that he continued to pursue a legal case so i guess it's a kind of a fraud charge but on top of everything that's absurd because he still believes he won i mean i I, you know but
0: it's hilarious i'm glad you, you mentioned that because i see i hear a lot of commentators on the right saying that trump needs to give it up he needs to admit that he lost but i'm like don't you guys realize that if he were to just come out and say oh yeah i lost then they would be able to hang him and say see that we knew it we knew that he knew he can't at this point even say oh yeah i knew that i lost." No. That's what this entire thing is built up on, these cases that they have against him. They're saying that, oh, he committed fraud because he knew he lost, but he kept saying he did. And it shouldn't even be a matter of bringing this to court because it's free speech. You can think whatever you want, just like they did. I mean, I have played so many videos of the left contesting the election when it was time to certify the votes. Right. I mean, you've had so many. You had Jamie Raskin, you had Maxine Waters, and the number just goes on and on and on. Right. How they contested, but everyone was okay with it. And when I see Republicans not calling that out and not saying, wait a minute, look at what you guys did, they won't say it. So we have to say it. People like you and I, Heather, we have to bring it up. And like Andrew, we have to constantly remind them. And that is a reason why I am reminding our listeners that Hunter Biden, because of his white privilege and the D behind his name, he's been successful and staying out of jail. Meanwhile, Jesse Jackson Jr., who is the son of an icon— spent 13 months in jail along with his wife. They spent time away from their children. Children that they did say, these are my children. They didn't denounce the children while Hunter Biden denounced his own flesh and blood, and he got his old papa to do the same thing. And then finally, when they did like a focus report, they said, oh, this doesn't look good. People don't like you saying this. Then they decided to back back and say, oh, no, we, we do have a seventh grandchild. But only after they decided, let's just test the waters. Let's put this to a focus group and let's see what people are going to say. And you want to tell me these are the standards that we should live by? You want to tell me that this man, that the media is trying to portray as the smartest person that's out there, he's so fast and he's up and going and he has all this energy, who calls the lid every day by noon, who has to have these talking cards, who gets up and he forgets people's name. He's addressed P- Buttigieg as eat Buddha juice, booty juice. (laughs) I'm like, are you serious? But they, they, Oh yeah, it's hilarious. It's circulating right now online. But they want us to think that this Joe Biden, he is the smartest thing going. And man, he's smarter than anything. And then he want us to believe that Bidenomics is the best thing since sliced bread and it's helping everyone. It's putting a a chicken in every pot. The Mm -hmm. gas is down. Meanwhile, they're trying to tell you. (laughs) Meanwhile, they want to tell you, you people who like to enjoy you know, uh, uh, after work at five o'clock to get a drink, you should only have one drink. Let's see how well that's gonna go over. And let's see how many people will still vote for him. I'm quite certain that the media will spin it and they will keep voting for him. You're tuned in to After Dark with Robin Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. We're up against a commercial break, but I would encourage you all to go get something to drink or even if you like, go and search our new website, AmericaOutLoud.shop. We have a lot of great deals there books to read, as well as health care guides. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be back after this commercial break. America
3: Outloud. news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk League. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy?
1: For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
0: Well, Heather, what can I say? We're the last half of the show. And we've covered a lot talking about what's happening in our great society and how It seems that the liberal media, they're not being truthful to the American people, but they love to run to the – like to hide behind the Constitution and say that we're mentioning the Constitution. You you can't do anything to us. And uh, according to the Constitution, we're this and we're that. But the Constitution mentioned that because they said it was important to have a free press to keep our elected officials in check. And for some reason, they're not doing that. It's yeah. like they're selectively keeping people in check. Yeah, and so well, it makes you wonder what, what, how do they see their role? They become so they become partisan hacks, Heather. What do you think?
1: Yes, I was say it's the, it's actually technically the First Amendment of the Constitution, but oh yes, for sure, it's it's the first thing that you know they added on that it was supposed to be a watchdog of government, you know, Congress shall make no law. Anyway, well, look, I mean, here we are, Rob, and we are independent journalists, and we are, you know, doing our best, and we are It's still a free country. And um, I just think that there's a lot of groupthink. Um, we know uh, Tucker Carlson, whatever else you think of him, I mean, he's made that point very well of course he got dismissed from one of the only major conservative outlets that exists but to my mind you know it's people like him and you know people like us and people at smaller conservative outlets across the country who are taking up the, the the role of the press and um because we are seeing this very corporatized very strange kind of kind of unholy alliance between media and government now in terms of the, the liberal media, which is a, a you know, a, a voice of the one party. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it, I, it's, it's sad because you and I were part of the media and we know how the media is supposed to be, but they're not living up to their full potential. They're doing everything but that. Because if they were living up to their full potential, they would be reporting on both sides of the story as opposed to reporting the news in a slanted manner so that they can get the outcome that they want. And it's yeah. really unfortunate. You look at how they report on this entire Russia, Ukraine. as I like you said, I sent you an article about Ukraine and how what was the guy, John Kirby is saying that you know they're running to the these rogue nations, to support them well and you've said this all along this has always been your position that maybe we should have talked to ukraine and said you shouldn't join nato why do you need to join nato why were we pushing them to join nato i don't know why and, and you look at where we are now and they all said oh this will be over within a matter of time the war is going be, to be about a month and it'll be over this is going to go on and on and on and i was speaking with an associate today and she said well I think this will be over pretty soon and i'm like it will never be over i mean we're looking at 10 more years of this possibly
1: unless trump gets back in office i mean he's been Amen. saying he could make a deal on day one and i believe it because we're, yep. we're keeping it going i mean the more uh-huh. we're pouring in all the weapons you know so i mean i'm not saying yank it all out and let these ukrainians i mean we could supervise things so that you know we make cutting off this endless flow of money and weapons conditional upon Russia's retreat from da blah, 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 whatever, you know. And really one of Putin's main demands from the start consistently has been this assurance of no Ukraine in NATO. And I think it's important to just make this one simple point, Rob. You know, NATO is a military alliance. We call it peacekeeping. But it means missiles and you know other weapons. It, it's a military alliance, which means that for Ukraine to be in NATO means a what, from the Russians' perspective, would be a hostile, Western-backed, armed, militarized state on their borders. They, from the start, have been adamant that they will not tolerate that, and you know what? Neither would America. We wouldn't tolerate Russia putting missiles creating uh we didn't tolerate it that was the cuban missile crisis we didn't want russia missiles in our hemisphere it's a very simple point i know and people will howl in protest to hearing this but it's a part of the reality now i don't know you know what would have been our brilliant diplomats. <laughs> had assured Putin, okay, no Ukraine and NATO. I I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know for a fact that he wouldn't have invaded anyway, but I know that that was among his main points that he insisted on assurance of while he waited for weeks before invading. And uh, I know that our, our elites would not give him that assurance. So I think that we have something he wants to offer him, and I, I'm sure Donald Trump or any good deal maker could make a deal at this point. I mean, both of those sides have been battered, right? And that's just a practical uh, point, you know, whether you're talking about divorce attorneys or any dispute, you know, on a practical level, if you get past all the emotion, when people have been battered enough, that's when they're, you know, more willing to make a deal and a compromise. So I think this could end sooner than later if Trump's reelected or someone who's not an ideologue about this situation. Otherwise, I think it will continue for years. And I, I don't know what the resolution will be. I mean, I guess it will eventually grind to some probably mutually unsatisfactory resolution, you know, like a Vietnam kind of thing or Iraq or Afghanistan, or worst case, and given the fog of war, it escalates. But I you know, I don't see I don't think you have to be a chess master to say that there doesn't seem to be a great end game here for America. I mean, we're up against another nuclear power, we're in their backyard, not ours. We are not prepared to send our young people to die for this cause, nor should we, and Russia knows it. So I don't know what the end game is here. And I, I think it's been an illogical thing right along as you
0: know well like you said if trump isn't gets into office i think that this will all be over within a matter of time uh and you know trump had said that i can get in this within an hour or so or a day and people oh he said he could do within a day it's like come on he's just speaking in general terms you know that he doesn't think he'll be able to do it within a day although knowing him he probably could but see that's something else that the media Right, but that's something else that the media will jump on and say, well, but he told us a day. He told us an hour, so why can't he do it? It's like, oh, okay, well, Joe Biden also told us a lot of stuff that he was going to do, and he's yet to be able to do it. Have you not heard of people speaking in terms of hyperbole or just speaking just in general terms? And then you want to say, oh, no, but he said this. Right. And again, and then because the media, the way they control the narrative and the American people don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. They forget. Look at how many of us have forgotten about the 13 soldiers during that failed withdrawal. And that's the way the media wanted it. They wanted it to play it down because they knew that we think in short term. We have a very short term memory. Look at what Biden is going to do on uh, September 11th. He's not going to stay in DC to uh, recognize it, he's going to be off on the road somewhere because. Things like that they want the American people to forget about. They want us to forget about the supply chain problem. They want us to, mothers to forget that they couldn't feed some of their babies because the for, there was a formula shortage. Now, we want to talk about the soccer moms and the suburban moms, or they were impacted by that. Why don't we focus on that? But instead, the media... Will bring up abortion, and then you have Republicans who are skittish about it, who don't know how to frame the narrative, they will go right down that bunny hole as opposed to saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. This was the administration who mismanaged the supply chain problem because they had a person, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, who didn't know what the heck he was doing. And he still doesn't know. We still have cargoes in the oceans. We still have shelves at supermarkets that are empty that are not at full capacity the way they were when Trump was president. These are the things that the media will not talk about because they want to create the shangri-la that Biden is doing a great job, but he isn't. And what can they point to? They can't point to Biden-anonymous because we all know that that's horrible. Are you better off now than you were when Trump was in office? No, you're not. You're in horrible shape. But they want you to think, oh, you got to give a little bit. And then here we come again with this new COVID lockdown. And by the way, I just found out, I just learned, someone just sent me a text that Jill Biden, Jill, the first lady, just tested positive for COVID. So are they going to try to use COVID again to lock us all down? Are they going to try to push a vaccine down our throats? Now, as we've said before on the show, if you have a comidity, yes, the vaccine probably works for you and you should probably take it. But if you are a healthy person, you are a healthy person of sound mind, I don't think it's going to do much for you. But, of course, you should consult with your physician and not the media. The media should not be forcing this upon us. They should not be writing these pieces, threatening the justice system, wanting our judges to threaten Americans as they did, that you must take this. And if you don't, they can fire you. Again, that's the corruption of our justice system, jumping in bed with the media and this administration to force people to take a vaccine that people did not want to take. And I dare say, Heather, look at all the young people that are suffering from heart attacks, heart ailments. A lot of our young people are dying and they're trying to play it down. And don't you dare, and don't you dare question and say, could it be the vaccine? Even if it's not the vaccine, but we have a right to say maybe. Maybe well, we should look at this.
1: Uh-huh. Well, sure. It's a free country and we, we have the right to ask questions. And I guess I'm not, I don't know enough about it. I mean, is that, is there, is there actual evidence that um, the vaccine is causing? Well, I know there was. There's
0: no evidence, but there's myocarditis. You know, there was
1: Israeli really study pretty early on that there was, it was rare, but that there was not, my myocarditis, you know, heart attack heart problems, heart attacks, in young boys and men. And a lot of them were athletes. And it was a very rare thing. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, there was some evidence that the vaccine could cause that. And at the time, I was concerned because I have a nephew who's, you know, a young athlete, and I knew that his parents were, you know, giving him the vaccine. And so I, I asked a doctor friend of mine who said that, yes, there was a study to that effect. However... He, he said that, that COVID can also cause this rare occurrence of a heart attack in a young man, and that on balance, he felt that the odds of that happening from COVID were actually slightly higher than from ha- happening from the vaccine. Maybe because the vaccine mimics COVID, it can cause this same rare thing. So, I mean, that's the one study I'm aware of. Um, but I think that it is, you know, another friend of mine, I, you know, said not long ago, the thing is, though, with COVID, you don't know you're going to get it or not, whereas with the vaccine, you're inflicting the risk on yourself, albeit a very slight risk. So, I mean, that's another way to, to look at it, that, you know, even if it is a very rare thing and, you know, that maybe it should be up to the individual to assess which risk is um, you know, more concerning to him. And, and um, so it's complicated, right? But I, I was never a fan of the mandates because I think the techn- the, the, the medicine is very new. You know, this vaccine is very new. And I don't really think that um, something this new should have been uh, mandated. Uh, I agree.
0: But yet and still, here we are with them looking at trying to bring on another Red Scare with COVID. And again, you would think that the media would explain this and say, hey, this is what's happening. But they want because if the media cannot point to the fact that Hunter Biden, yes, I'm going back to Hunter Biden, received a sweetheart deal, compared to other men, mainly black men, more in mm-hmm. particular, Jesse Jackson, Jr. Mm-hmm. If they can't bring that up out of fear that a huge voting bloc will stop and say, this is not fair. This does not make any sense. Do we actually think that the media will report on the facts and be honest and truthful? I don't think so, because they have picked sides. And the side they have picked is the side that's going to give them influence and power. Like I said, Joe Biden just tested positive for COVID. What are they going to say about that? If this is going to be indicative of them saying, "Okay, everybody, go out and get another round of shots," as opposed to saying, "Well, is it? Do, do we all need to go out and get shots?" Are they going to enforce this on our schools now that the schools are getting ready to open? Think it's going to open this week in New York City. Where are we? Where Where is the accountability? And I remember uh, what's his name, Justice Clarence Thomas said once that. Maybe. And he was just thinking out loud. He was at a symposium and someone was querying him about the media and the damage that they've done. And even Trump even referred to them as the uh, fake news media and they hated it. Oh, how dare you say it? Well, he can't call you that, but you can say that he's a liar and he's everything else. Really? But Clarence Thomas had said, just thinking out loud, he said, maybe we should rethink the role of the media. You know, he didn't elaborate. He just, you know, again, just saying, maybe we should rethink it because you look at what they've done and you look at how they're coming after him. And he said this, I think about three years ago. So he mm-hmm. didn't say it recently while they're coming after him, but he said, maybe we should rethink it. And it was at a symposium and some, a question was put to him. And he said, I don't know, maybe we should rethink the role of the media. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So we want a free and fair press, but we don't want a compromised press. We don't want a press that's beholden to any group, we want them just to report the news to be fair, accurate, and unbalanced. Well, well I said unbalanced, I meant balanced.
1: Yeah, and the but we're not problem, getting that. The building problem with, you know, I don't know the context of what Justice Thomas said. He's a brilliant man, so I wouldn't jump to the wrong conclusion. But I think the problem is when trying to reshape or direct the media. You know, that the First Amendment is very clear, you know, Congress shall make no law bridging freedom of speech or of the press, no law. So, you know, nobody on any side of the aisle is supposed to be passing any legislation related to the needs. It's a very, very clear statement. Yet,
0: yet, but yet we have weaponized our Justice Department.
1: Right. But once you start trying to regulate it, once anybody starts trying to regulate it, that is the problem. And that's what the founders didn't want. And you know what? I mean, I think for all the concern that we have because of the way things have gone, look, I mean, here we still are, Rob. There's still, there is conservative media. So that conservative media arose out of the, it's a reaction to the bias of the liberal media. And I think that it shows that for all the unanticipated technological and, you know, economic and social developments, still the First Amendment is, you know, is working. It's working. I mean, we are still a free country. We still, you know, granted, we have to be creative and find ways to express ourselves that are go workarounds but we're doing it, and I don't think the answer, and with all tremendous respect to Justice Thomas, is for conservatives to start regulating media or, you know, design, you know, reimagining the role of the media. It has to be a free press, and it's a free for all. But that's that's freedom, you know.
0: Has to be a free press, but yet and still, as I said, look at where we are. So we're up against the time, and man, how time flies when you're having fun, and we just we've covered just a number of things and I hope that our listeners go back uh and when this airs share it with someone but definitely when the podcast post if you missed a part of it please go back and listen to it and if you have an opinion if you agree or disagree with us please you know feel free to make your comments known in the podcast there's a section for you to uh give your comments but uh I've enjoyed our conversation tonight with Heather Robleskin of the New York Post, and we'll do it again. So thank you for coming on. And as my dear friend Andrew would always say, stand for something, or fall for nothing. You've been listening to After Dark with Rob and Andrew on the America Out Loud platform. Tune in again tomorrow night for another great episode. Thank you, and God bless.